you're listening to a special episode of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Monday, May 22nd. You are in for a very special episode today. Yes, <laughs> it's a special episode. This is our first special episode. Um, we are going to discuss for the entire episode, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I couldn't even get through that. I couldn't make it through the sentence to get to the title of the movie. Um, we also I know you couldn't. That's why I, I couldn't do it. We also have a very special guest here. We'll let him introduce himself. Hey guys. Hey, I'm Devendra Hardwar. I'm from the Slash Film cast. I write for Engadget and uh, also with Swapna. So, hey. Yay, today was a cool day at Engadget. Yeah. That's uh we we totally did not plan this, but I think it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is. Um okay, so I guess let's start by talking about the first time we saw The Phantom Menace. Do you guys have memories of the first time you saw it or the like hype before you saw it? Oh, most definitely. After. So I don't know where our ages kind of align, but I am. What was Phantom Menace? Ninety nine, right? 99. So I was definitely. Yeah, that was high school, early high school for me, and you know, yeah, I grew up watching Star Wars, and I was super excited. Who couldn't be excited after that trailer? And I distinctly remember like going. Uh, I grew up in Connecticut, and we we had to drive a while to get to the theater, <laughs> and I just remember being very very disappointed. And, <laughs> Yeah, it was not good. Okay, yeah, bad. just as a warning for everyone listening, I know Preeti and I try really hard to be positive. This is not going to be where no. we will still try. <laughs> there, are, but- there are good things. I will, you know what? Um, I was probably dreading this yes. more than anyone <laughs> because I've, I haven't, I hadn't seen this since I saw it in the theater. And I think the vendor were mm. about the same age. I was 15, 14 or 15, 15, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I was 15. Out. Yeah, because I think it, I was, it was okay. So yeah, we're all pretty much the same, I guess, going into this so thing. We're like, yeah. yeah, you know, around the same age. And I remember I was so hyped because of the like re-releases had come out, and like Star Wars mm-hmm. was like in the ether again, and it was really cool. Because same way, grown up with it, and then I actually have completely blocked the experience of seeing this film. <laughs> out. Like in my mind, I have no recollection of what I thought, or I just know that I never saw it again. <laughs> I've seen it more recently, but I don't think I've seen the Anakin scenes. Oh, oh man. God. The th- theaters, like, I think I felt, because Neil McGregor is just overall one of my favorite actors. And so I have watched this movie since then for him. But I, like, watching those Anakin scenes, and I was like, I genuinely don't think I've seen this stuff since the theater. Oh. So. I was, I, I almost, yeah. I forgot that I said that I would do this. <laughs> I think I explained this on a previous on a, the previous podcast, Probably. but I definitely basically conned Preeti into doing this. And it was only like a week ago that I realized that me- meant I had to rewatch it as well. Oh, uh, you played yourself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn it. Like, what did I do? <laughs> so I, I'm pretty much in the same camp, by the way. Like, I I hated it uh, watching it. And I I've tried to rewatch this movie. Several times over the past, uh, <laughs> however long it's been, and I just couldn't make it through it. I think it was the um, the passing of the healthcare bill. I was just like, "Man, w- what? I let's just. I'm going to watch this thing because uh, I couldn't <laughs> feel worse. <laughs> yeah, it was like- I couldn't feel any worse right now. So my wife had never seen it either. So I was like, "Okay, whatever. Let's just watch this thing." And uh, oh you God. know, that's actually a great time to watch it because. It's a reminder that, yeah, the world is actually much worse than this movie. Uh, I, I couldn't really go much yeah. lower. So, And, yeah, it's still disappointing. Still a huge waste of time. Um, but I have to say, how do you guys feel about the rest of the prequels? I, uh, I did see... I, mean, I think they get better. Like, yeah, like I remember seeing Revenge of the Sith I think twice. E- mm-hmm. That I remember. Yeah, I, I think each one gets better, but... And then I think they all have a good story at their core. And I think just between like terrible dialogue and terrible scripting and terrible um, like exposition. Yeah. And chemistry Ooh. and directing like they could have been so much better. And that's so very frustrating. Better. But I, I have to say, like, as much as I hate this movie, um, episode two, Phantom or sorry, not Phantom uh, Attack of the Clones. I don't know why that was like a summer I think I was that was my freshman summer year in college, so like that came out as soon as that year was ending for me. 
I saw that movie like five or six times. Oh my god! Oh my and, god! Yeah, because that movie there's a lot going on in that movie. Like as a as a pure action movie, as a pure like action adventure thing, that movie is kind of awesome. Like as long as you don't hear everybody talking, just kind of tune out the dialogue. Like Ewan McGregor just jumping out a window to like stop the assassin. That entire Coliseum sequence. The set pieces are so great. It's a beautiful movie. Um, so I really, really enjoy that movie and revenge of Sith is kind of great as well. Like the dialogue isn't going to be good in any of these things, but I think they definitely got a lot better. And I do feel like because Phantom Menace was so bad, it colored the experience entirely. We couldn't really see the good in the other prequels. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, and I haven't I, seen them, but I'd since, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man. Attack of the Clones. Like, that is the movie. You can rewatch that movie. Like, uh, skip the scan I... dialogue, skip all of that. It's... Yeah, like, if you, yeah. generally speaking, these movies, if you skip all the Anakin stuff and just watch the Ewan McGregor stuff, they're right. much, much better. But here's sure. the thing, though, and I think you kind of hit on it, Sotno, when you were talking, is that my biggest issue, like, when, I, when a movie's bad, I'm like, fine, that movie was bad. But when a movie has the potential to be good, it's mm-hmm. so much worse. And it's disappointing. Yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah. It's like you've robbed me of the experience that I could have had watching yeah. these films. And now I'm even angrier at you. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think wasted potential is a big problem for me. So that's oh. definitely why I just kind of hate Phantom Menace. But the thing is, like, nothing about this movie works. Just watching it right now, especially with my, like, I don't know, more uh, honed critical faculties or now, like, it's... Watching it now as somebody who's been reviewing movies for a long time and been thinking hard about pop culture and storytelling and whatnot, nothing about this movie works, right? They start with the scene. Yeah, this movie is like, it's just like terrible. Well, all right. Yeah. Should, we, should we like dive in? Should we just mm-hmm. start? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my first note is racist aliens. Yes. Okay. So we, sure. we've talked about the uh, – Slotna and I have talked about the, the way Star Wars uses or has used accents in the past – and it's like never a good look, mm-hmm. you know. It yeah. always tends to be bad guys or indicating um, rough around the edges. Like I think in Clone Wars, there's a scene where they're with the pirates and they're literally playing like a Hindi music song behind them. <laughs> and I was like, "Are you guys yeah. joking? Like this is ludicrous." And this, the beginning of the Phantom Menace is just right. <sighs> Painful. It's sort of like Indiana Jones, except in oh, space and yes. on different planets, right? It's just like, that's why uh, growing up, um, Temple of Doom is the a movie worst. I just grew to hate. I just grew to hate it in all of my friends. Like, I was the only, like, Indian-looking person in my town. My, I'm actually uh, from Guyana, South America, but my family is Indian. Uh, so it's like a whole comp- complicated thing. But yeah, I hated Temple of Doom. It's just worse. like everything yeah. about that. Yeah. I think that was a traumatic uh, like that mm-hmm. Temple of Doom is a traumatic fixture in every like quasi Indian person's like who like grew up in the eighties. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's I don't I can I can't watch Indiana Jones now because of now because I'm like, <laughs> no, screw that whole franchise. Not interested. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go that far, but it's definitely like that <laughs> but all these all these like um swashbuckling things, these sort of like a uh, pulpy narratives yeah. like it's all based out of like yeah the 40s 50s pulp novels and like yeah ra- you know race relations we didn't have to think too hard back then it was just like <laughs> white dudes being awesome and that's that was kind of it <laughs> how far we've come <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so yeah oh, ra- racist aliens. Ra- so racist aliens is what kicks off this movie mm-hmm. into yeah it really was it it, it and then it's like very quickly becomes apparent that this movie is not for 10 year olds. It's not really for anybody. It's not for anyone, but it is very, I mean, we, I literally had to pause this film to look up the Wikipedia because I was like, I do not understand what is happening politically. (laughs) Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. They don't give you any, like it's boring in that who wants to watch a movie about a, Blockade, uh, blockade due to taxation of trade routes. Taxation. Like they, That's yeah, like what it was. The, they simultaneously don't give you enough information yeah. and give you way too much information. And it's weird the way that both of those things are true. It's, like it's just bad words. storytelling yes, in general. It is very bad storytelling. It is. Um, it's, it feels like he hadn't touched 
you know, a script in in decades, and it, it was a while since Howard the Duck. I forget if George Lucas <laughs> wrote that, but he definitely directed it, right? And it's uh, you could tell that he just didn't know how to tell the story, and it was a reminder, by the way, that yeah, the best Star Wars came with the help of uh, other people, like an yeah. Empire and Richard Jedi, yeah, like yeah. and his wife. Mm-hmm. Most um, definitely. So this you lose a lot. I mean, it, it was almost like he'd forgotten what it was like to speak to another human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the way this dialogue went. But, you know, it's hard not to like Ewan McGregor when he's on screen. <laughs> he's just fun to watch, even when you're I, like, I see where your biases lie. <laughs> but he is, you know, he's, he's like, he's, he's, but he's so fun. He's so charismatic. <laughs> but... <laughs> But there is I, I something think, joyful about it. Yeah, this is sort of like, I guess, the overall feeling of the movie. Because, yeah, I love Ewan, too. I love Liam Neeson. <laughs> and they both just seem so bored. Like, you get these <laughs> yeah. really charismatic people, and they're so bored. And they're just, like, reciting this gibberish. And they couldn't care less. I don't know. Do you guys swear on this? Yes. Um. Okay, good. Go to uh, town. Yeah, they, it, it's like they couldn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, like, happened. Liam Neeson was, like so criminally underutilized yes Mm -hmm. like painfully like i'm just it hurts to watch like you can it does i feel like you can see ewan sometimes having fun with the fighting and the like and the lightsabering but liam neeson looks like he's like how the fuck did i get here He's definitely know, channeling, he like, uh, maybe a bit of the Alec Guinness. He's, yes. like, try, trying to channel yes. that sort of, like... Yes, that is a very good yeah. analogy. Like, and it, we know from his letters, too, that he was really pissed off about the whole thing, too, right? Like, shooting Star Wars, like, just was not Not into him, it, right? no. Yeah, so yeah. I think cause some of that comes across. Like, he's trying to be noble, but at the same time, it's weird, because his character is supposed to be sort of like the uh, the rebel of the Jedi group too. Like he's the one I, I want to train this young kid, even though they sense like all this darkness around him. Uh, it is, it's a strange character. I do feel like there's enough in this movie. There's 15 minutes of this movie that you could cut down to something that's really great and use that as like the opening prologue to attack of the clones or something. And a cut down version of attack of the clones. Like well, yeah. you could just put all these movies together. Give me like a three, four hour epic. Hey, uh, that's really it. nicely. Acted. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some decent news for you. Okay. It's called the Phantom Edit. Oh yes, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> it's close. It cuts a lot of the fat. I feel like. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can only do so much by cutting, but yeah. It's... Yeah. The problem is, you still need the Anakin story, and I feel like that's the most painful part. It is, but you <laughs> like it's just terrible storytelling. The Clone Wars, the cartoon, gives us mm-hmm. so much goodness. Yeah. That it. Like, it tricks me into thinking that I will care about Anakin in the prequels. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a really, he's still a really interesting character. It's just too mm-hmm. bad that like, all the actors they put uh, to him or you know, put to play him just uh, didn't work out. Like, Jake Lloyd is just genuinely not great. Nope. I will no. go to bat for Hayden Christensen because he is a good actor. I agree. Yeah. Really terrible. He's actually genuinely a good actor. Yeah. Shattered Glass. And- there's so much stuff he's great in, and we. It was really weird seeing him at Star Wars: um, The Celebration. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that he would even go up on that stage. That that takes some cojones. I like, I like fandom like, that hates him. I, we were in uh, like we were watching the whole thing, and we were like holding on to each other and like <laughs> cringing. It was like during fear. the whole thing. We were so afraid, like the crowd would be mean but to him. He was so nice, and he just kind of looked yeah. bemused the entire time. <laughs> You know, he was on stage and he didn't quite like I my favorite thing to come out of celebration. And this is counting like all of the great fun things we got to do are the fan photos with Hayden Christensen because he looks yeah. like in every single one. He's like, I don't know what's going on, but sure, I'll hug this sure. person okay. like a lightsaber. Why? Yeah, not? I wonder. I also wonder, like, why are they bringing him back into our consciousness? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. I I refuse to look into this. I just (laughs) yes, I refuse to go into this. I I don't trust anything that Mouse is up to, and clearly (laughs) there's some ulterior motives here. Um, But yeah, so Hayden was not great, but he, I think he's a great actor that was just genuinely underserved by his script. I agree. And wholeheartedly, yeah, and the the directing, 
And he mm-hmm. has no chemistry with Natalie Portman. But you know what, though? <laughs> Natalie Portman is actually, this is she's my favorite really, Amidala, is in yeah, Phantom she's Menace. she's really good in this she's movie. She's smart. Mm-hmm. She's a badass. She, like, is all, she is on top of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Generally great. And Kira Knightley, too, before we knew oh, yeah. Kira Knightley. A little but, bit yeah. of Kira Knightley. Oh, this is adorable. But I, I think that's part of the reason I like Attack of the Clone so much as well, because Padme gets to be pretty badass yes. there, even though, like, she also gets yes. to be the cliche, like, uh, you know, her clothes get torn off at some point, I think, in the Coliseum. Uh, but she's also pretty cool during that movie. She is. She, she is. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, Phantom Menace, returning. I like okay, how we so keep, we keep like, just, like, running up. away from it. But so, I don't okay. want to talk. <laughs> so the film opens, and Darth Sidious has because I want to get to the plotting. So Darth mm-hmm. Sidious yeah. has told the 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 Trade Federation that they need to basically murder the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the scene is so bananas. Yeah. <laughs> because it just throws you in and I was kind of like, what is happening? Why are the droids even fighting the Jedi? Like I don't know. <laughs> It's like you guys also know who Jedi are, right? You gotta right. you gotta do a bit more than throw a Which couple is, of droids at them. I did. I did think it was interesting because there's this overwhelming fear. Like you say the word Jedi, and there's this like overwhelming fear, and how quickly they fade into myth after Revenge of the Sith. Like right. I just did think it was interesting. There was such a part of the consciousness at this point. Um, but yeah, it was. It's it, like Sidious was. I mean, was he setting them up for failure? Yes, but like it was, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, and this this movie is also a reminder that the Jedi are just terrible. Uh, at, oh like, my god! The, yes, their I, basic job. I'm not just talking about like um, you are know, two leads. I'm talking about the council and yeah, how they're no. completely blind to everything. It's I. The, this is when we start to sound super nerdy, but yeah, guys, like you deserve all of this because no, you were so dumb. Totally <laughs> jumping ahead, but the line like I didn't actually come here to free slaves. Oh god! Is, like the epitome of what is wrong with the Jedi. It's yes. Jedi privilege. It's terrible. <laughs> That's no, what it is. It's just genuinely terrible. I mean, it is. Because yeah. you're supposed to be, like, you're supposed to have this compassion, and you're supposed to be, like, you are not soldiers. You are not generals. Like, it, it just. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. monks. That's yeah. what they are, right? There's, and that's. That's kind of the thing. It's uh, and to me, that's the thing to explore, right? What what brings the Jedi down is their own like insolence and their own like haughtiness about their like how right they are yeah, and their order and, and all that. Exactly. And I think of uh, another movie that came out around this time, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm-hmm. which is a movie one of my favorite movies of all time, top five uh, for me. And a running theme throughout that movie is this idea that. You give up so much of your life to perfect your martial art, right? You give up everything. And then you have a guy like Lee Mubai who attained that and is like, I I also love this woman and I can't have her because of what because of my beliefs. And is that is that really worth it? And that's really the ultimate story here behind like the the fall of uh, Anakin and everything. Like it's the him rebelling against the constraints of the Jedi. And if they had just like relaxed a little, I was like, hey, dude, you can. Yeah, let's let's just chill a little. It's OK to love a lady. Um, maybe he wouldn't become, you know, the greatest monster in all yeah, history. I mean, and you see it in yeah. the way they handled and this is going wildly off script, mm-hmm. but the way they handle Ahsoka Tano in Clone Wars and she leaves the Jedi Order. So they, mm-hmm. like, they have, you see all of these opportunities for them to not do the thing that they are doing. And they just keep doing it. And then I'm like, you guys deserve it. Yeah. You, you deserve, deserve everything. I'm sorry, guys. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so I don't watch the Clone Wars, the CG series. Uh, but I did, uh, right around the time Attack the Clones came out, I think, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky did his like 2d animated version of it. Yeah. And that yes. was so good. I, I rewatch those things all the time. Cause those are some of the best like sequences with these prequel characters. Like the Mace Windu episode is a completely silent, like 15 minute action movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just so good. And like, yeah, other people clearly understood the potential around these characters. It's a shame. I guess we were stuck with, yeah, George Lucas's imagination <laughs> for these movies. I know. I know. And then you get, so Back to the Phantom Menace. We haven't even made it. <laughs> yes. We've not even made it to Naboo yet. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they get to Naboo. I cannot even believe we haven't said his name. But Jar Jar Binks. He who will not oh, be named. No, no. <laughs> the Sith Lord, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I can't. I, so. I, I thought I was like over exaggerating in my head about how terrible he was. I was like, he couldn't. No. Be as bad as I think he was. Good lord. Yeah. I I also feel like it's. I feel bad for Georgia Binks because there's just nothing redeeming about him, right? Like, we've all. We've crapped on him for decades. Like, that's. It's as terrible as we imagine. I've been trying to think, like, what was George Lucas going for, right? Was he trying to create, like, a, you know, a character like Goofy or something? Like, somebody who's just kind of dorky and really the kids would be into? I I don't know. It's just sad how far. <laughs> I know that feels. it feels yeah. like it makes me think of um, the Simpsons episode where on the Itchy and Scratchy show mm-hmm. they think it's fading, so they try to introduce that new character that's like a skateboarding dog, Poochie. Poochie, yeah. And <laughs> that's what I think of of like trying so hard to pander into what you think that kids want that you fail. <laughs> So He's not even bad. cool yeah. though. Like Bucci was at least trying to be cool. Uh, Jar Jar is just like an idiot. Yeah, he's, he's just goofy. Just, yeah, just goofy. But you know what? I just came out of Alien Covenant too, and the humans were pretty dumb in that too. So, and that's a movie <laughs> I like. It's just you can have this goofiness and sort of like balance it with something. I, it felt like yeah, he was really trying hard to really court the babies, the new generation. Yeah, I agree. Stars. And it just didn't. Nothing about it worked because, like you said, there's nothing redeeming about the character. And it is, mm-hmm. like, weirdly racist in a very uncomfortable, sort of, like, quiet mm-hmm. way. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Greedo, same thing. Yeah. It's like, guys, what, mm-hmm. are, what, are, what are we doing here? Just like, I don't, I don't know. Or no, Watto. Watto, that's what's happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, same yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing. And it's just like, uh, I, yeah. Um, okay, so we okay, so meet Jar Jar Binks is terrible, and then they go oh, they go to like Zora's domain to try to like basically <laughs> court Jar Jar's people, and it ends. I poorly. did think I did find the ca- the casual way that um, Qui Gon Liam Neeson used the Jedi mind trick to convince Boss Nass to give him the boat is kind of disturbing mm-hmm. yeah like just that they don't think anything of manipulating people to get what they want yeah jedi authoritarian Even if they, their <laughs> cause is the greater good right but it's a flawed system because people are flawed mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. i wonder if this is all going to lead into episode nine by the way and all our problems with the jedi like that is so ryan johnson love that man as a storyteller all his movies uh we had him on a couple of times on our podcast back in the day. So it's also really weird to uh, see that he's in charge of Star Wars right now. <laughs> um, but I trust him as a guy who would be like asking these deeply dorky questions. Well, yeah, and, and I, yeah. we yeah. talked about this um, mm-hmm. for Luke's line in the preview, which is like yep. the Jedi must end. Like Swapman and I both really like, yes. think that, yes, like, yes <laughs> sure. this isn't yeah. about, you know, Luke. <laughs> I, I desperately don't want it to be like angsty, reluctant teacher Luke. Right, I mean, right. I, and that being the focus, but more so Luke has been really thinking about how the Jedi now have technically failed twice in very big <laughs> ways uh, and understanding that because what we see after watching the prequels and after going into the original trilogy is that Yoda and Obi-Wan learned nothing. Zero. <laughs> nothing Zero. <laughs> and so hopefully this will be like you said a movie where they really consider it and mm-hmm. are like yeah we we yeah we fucked up i love how yeah always always running away from the phantom menace like is it every top opportunity <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's stop talking talk about, about the movie no all right come on we gotta about. get them we gotta get them to we, we gotta um, get through but let, let me just say <laughs> that whole opening thing like they they get off the ship and like all of a sudden they meet Jar Jar and then all of a sudden they're off to the to the city under the water and it all just kind of happens so quickly. Like there is no greater motivation throughout mm-hmm. most of the opening of this movie. Like there's nothing driving the story forward and you really feel it too. Yes. Like while you're watching. I feel like it just that's feels true like you're the entire time. movie. Yeah, most There's definitely. nothing driving the story forward. And it's also mm-hmm. focused on like you were saying like talking too much without telling us anything. That mm-hmm. yeah. the characters get lost and you like I was like, I literally don't care what anyone is doing. <laughs> like, I don't care 
because I don't understand anyone's motivation at all. Exactly. So yeah. everyone is boring. Everyone is boring. It's it, it's a movie that feels like it exists just to do, like it just has a job to do, right? Yes. It's yeah. just like, okay, Anakin was this kid and we, we saved the kid and he met uh, Padme and that's it. Yes. Like that's pretty much the entire movie. It's a shame. Like there is no greater overall idea to this movie. There's really nothing... I think we could really take away from it other than Anakin somehow saves people. Like he blows the thing up at the end of the movie too. And Mm -hmm. jumping. Yeah. There's a lot of like deus ex machina here. We have the midichlorians thing. Oh my God. It's stuff piled onto itself to really make us just completely disconnect from this narrative. And it's a shame. It's it's a damn shame. It is a damn shame. And I had actually forgotten that Anakin was immaculately conceived Mm -hmm. with the force. Mm-hmm. I totally, I just like was like, what? <laughs> totally forgot. Yeah, and it, it's throwing things like that into the script where you're like, you, you just thought that sounded cool, <laughs> and now those well, of us are huge nerds are gonna have to go back and figure out how the fuck that works. Yeah, I guess we could figure forget about the Mandalorians, right? Because they never really go back and reference all that. But it, it doesn't Darth Sidious at some point later either. I think it's Revenge of the Sith where he kind of implies that he yeah sort of they have that the force yeah to yeah they talk about the Mandalorians again. Like, that's worse. It is. It is kind of worse. Although it is sort of also like I am sort of your father. <laughs> I am your genetic determiner. <laughs> it's like I mean, you're my uncle, dad. Yeah. Oh, exactly. oh. Uh, but it it does. So I know you didn't watch the CGI Clone Wars. It's excellent. But there's an episode that I really like. That's like Anakin goes and sees these like physical manifestations of the light and the dark side of the Force, which in like you know 17 minutes or 22 minutes or whatever gives us more feeling and character than six hours of prequel films. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of the purpose of this movie was supposed to be, look how cute and innocent and good he is and think about what he becomes. But I feel like it fails at that. It does. It really, you, really does. It doesn't make you, you can look at him and be told as much as we want that he's cute and innocent, but like we don't become emotionally engaged in the story. There's nothing to make us invested in him and as a, as a character. So we're just told over and over again that, oh, he's the chosen one. He is, you know, like, special he's going to do all these things but we just don't care mm-hmm. it doesn't help that you start your movie talking about taxation and trade oh blockade, my god so. you're, you're bored from the beginning yeah you basically have no hope to be interested in this movie like until like there are a couple great moments i love the moment where darth maul just kind of <laughs> rolls up on them with his from his uh, speeder and just yes. like, jumps into a fight yes. like that's cool let's Talk just about under start the movie there yes okay. i mean ray yeah. park ray park was a godsend to this film <laughs> he was oh like, my god i cannot every time i think of ray park now preeti i think of that kid i know at the park okay so i tweeted about this but i'm gonna tell the full story so when preeti and i were at galactic nights at celebration there was this kid he was what maybe 10 years old i don't know something mm-hmm. like that i don't know what kids look like yeah, like, okay, let's say he was 10 years old. He was young. Um, and so, uh, like, Ray Park, like, jumped out of the, there was, like, a parade with, like, a bunch of stars. And Ray Park jumps out of the car he was in and starts, like, going around to the crowd and shaking hands. And so this kid is, like, kind of, like, waving and, like, hey, Ray Park. And then Ray Park kind of skips the section we're in and, like, moves on to the next section. And this kid is, like, eh, he was my least favorite Sith anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it was amazing good burn kid but Ray Park is so good in this movie he's so mm-hmm. good and like I, mean, I loved him the best part of the movie is the end it's the fight scene at the end and it's Ewan McGregor like bouncing on the balls of his feet like just waiting oh that it's like that's one moment where I was like I cannot wait to see what yeah. happens after this like and the first oh. oh man the five minutes of Jedi fight scene you get at the end, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I'm not going to say they're worth sitting through the movie for because that's, <laughs> that's saying a lot of that. That might be asking too much of like five minutes of fighting. Yeah. But oh my God, it's good. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. There's a lot of character stuff in there too. Like, yes. you see, I like when the, I love when the shields go up and Darth Maul is just like pacing and angry oh, and it's so good. just like, 
just sits there and waits like a monk and uh, you know obi-wan is just like ready to leap into the fight too so there the movie needs more of that like there there are elements of like great imagery here i think of uh, anakin kind of leaving his mother and there are some shots that they try to make iconic but it's only that fight where he really makes it work Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he's sitting there, like, just ready to, you mm-hmm. know, behind that screen and ready to just, like, beat the shit out of Darth Maul. It's so, <laughs> that moment is so good. I am, like, getting goosebumps thinking about this. What is happening? I know. Now I'm like, I want to go rewatch that scene, but I don't want to sit through, like, Anakin in the That's what YouTube like, is for. I know. It's, like, it's great because you don't have to. Um, yeah. But I will say, I also actually enjoy the battle scene, but only the parts with uh Amidala like only her part <laughs> yeah like I love that moment after those- they they trick everybody and they end up back in the throne room and she pulls the gun from the throne and I'm like yes <laughs> you do yeah, and the way she says like it's and she says something like now voice viceroy will discuss a new treaty yes. and she just says it in such a contemptuous way and it's like, so good you're 14 and you're so cool <laughs> like holy shit it's like there's these four-minute sequences in this, like, two-hour-long movie that are so <laughs> I know. That you and, could cut into something, and yeah, yeah, interesting. And it's so frustrating. But out of because... those, I feel like out of that is what grew the extended universe things that we get, whether it's the comics or the cartoons or, like, whatever, because the story is good, you know? It's just yeah. sunk and, like, stuck in this, like, sand, quicksand of... Mm-hmm bad everything and well, it feels like there's what 15 20 minutes of good story in yes. this movie yeah and yeah. that's it and the problem is the movie is what two and a half hours long like long. very very long yeah 100, so. 133 minutes oh geez okay Whew. so Too still long. pretty long and yeah the pod race there is an extended edition which makes the pod race even longer Why? if you really want are that. you serious yeah i'm pretty sure like they oh. definitely added some more like loops to the pod racing that pod race was oh like my god every hannah barbera cartoon from my childhood <laughs> it was just like but just over and over yeah just do one lap that's all we need that's all we need like it's it looks cool, but yeah, it's clearly George Lucas like diving into his sort and of you know, uh, like, you love know, of hot rods. There was never any suspense. You knew, mm-hmm. like, you knew he was going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no so, suspense. Like, it was super self indulgent. It was, <laughs> which is like my least favorite thing that happens in any type of media when I can see the like creator going, "This is so cool." Like, oh. Well, that feels like the entire like, movie. Though, I know. Right? <laughs> that's what I was going to say. That's the just entire it. movie is but just you, like him, like marveling at the special effects. There are very few authentically good, cool-looking shots in the right, movie because even the special effects feel so Galaxy Quest. Like they were so, yeah, they stick out so badly. Ugh. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was kind of a rough time too, right? It was when we were just on the cusp of doing really great CG. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't quite get that. And then with the uh, Attack of the Clones, he made the shift towards completely digital filmmaking too, which mm-hmm. I was really into at the idea, the idea of it at the time. But that also made that movie feel so cold. So these movies are also in so many ways like tech demos for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, unsuccessful. Yeah. Ones. <laughs> he basically just needed to like. He needed to only control one part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let someone else like take the rest, but that didn't happen and he did everything and it was terrible. And you can see it cuz it's like Yeah. There's a way though and uh, I can't believe I'm going to try to make mm-hmm. this comparison. But you look at something like Jupiter Ascending, which is A great movie. Uh, yes. Yes, that's great what movie. I mean. Jupiter Ascending. Movie. Oh yeah. But, but Jupiter a Ascending movie, but yeah. is like it's like baby's first fanfic it is so (laughs) awesome and terrible and like incredibly self-indulgent but in the best way right and they made it enjoyable this lacks that joy it lacks that like it Mm. just feels like like i don't even know if george luke like george lucas had fun making this i feel like he didn't (laughs) (laughs) I it feel like feels it was, painful. Yeah. yeah, this feels right. like George Lucas passing a kidney stone. Yes. That's what so much of the movie feels. Just pure pain. <laughs> like, it's just like, George, oh my God. Like, That's like a bit a, of relief oh at God, the end. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, it's rough stuff. 
but yeah, Jupiter Sending, great comparison because that is a big dorky movie that Ooh. I love. It's not like a great movie, but it's you know the Wachowskis just doing their thing and right. loving it, and it's so it's so enjoyable. It doesn't can't. try to be anything, and I feel like mm-hmm. this movie is trying really hard to be something and doesn't measure mm-hmm. up. Well, this movie is trying trying hard. I think it's it's trying to do too many things, right? It's trying to. It was trying to set the new stage for Star Wars and bring in an entire new generation of fans, but it was also trying to fill holes that I feel like had bothered George Lucas for years, right? Yeah, I think he was trying to make it, quote-unquote, better than the original trilogy, which, you know, he had, you know, very on-the-record, very public problems with, and he thought that this was better, and he didn't. It's like he doesn't understand why his own creation is as popular as it is. Right. And so you see he's trying to do all of these things, whether it's like giving us origin stories for characters we already love while still trying to woo in people who don't know necessarily Star Wars. Like I had friends who watched Star Wars in sequential order because they had never seen Star Wars before The Phantom Menace came out. I know. Oh, I know. Terrible. It was like, like a, a terrible. little. It was a little hard to watch, um, <laughs> but it's this movie and the prequels in general are just trying. Like he didn't have a focus. It feels like, like he was just like, oh, we're going to show you where Cthulhu came from in R two, and we're also going to tell you, we're also going to introduce these new characters. It's like it's just too much, man. Too much. Like, like, and there, too much. there's just no soul to it. There's no right. pulse to it. Which is why uh, it was kind of amazing that the Lord of the Rings movies kind of happened like right after this, yes. right? Is and then yeah, when Fellowship came out, that was like a revelation. Like, oh man, these movies can be fun and thrilling and well written and well acted and just be amazing. Like it, that. Oh man, that, I, that entire series just has a big place in my heart because it also came out around the same time. Mm-hmm, I was in yeah. college during that too, so it was sort of like the competing. Uh, franchises, the Matrix sequels also came about. Uh, Matrix was ninety nine two, and the sequels came about around the same time. Yeah, you had all these great competing franchises. And Harry and Potter, other, I think, too. Started and Harry Potter, yeah, is all in right there. Then. Yeah, that's less me. I guess I'm not a huge <laughs> Harry Potter fan, although oh, I love Eskimen. Um, <laughs> but you look at like these prequels. You look at the Matrix trilogy and the Lord of the Rings movies, and like what they did right and wrong. I think despite how much of a failure the Matrix sequels were, I at least feel like um, like there's a lot to love in there. You know, mm-hmm. there's some stuff that's yeah. just overwritten and overstuffed, sort of like Phantom Menace. But at the same time, it feels like the Wachowskis uh, trying to come back and give some greater purpose to their story. Because uh, um, a friend of mine, actually, no, not uh, I was going to recommend Movies with Mikey, which is a great YouTube uh, film analysis series, but another guy, Movie Bob, who's also pretty good. Uh, he just did this great uh, analysis of the Matrix movies, and his just like exploring the pre- the um, sequels as a sort of like uh, almost like the Wachowskis trying to fix the fandom of the first movie, like mm-hmm. the people who really were into the Matrix as this sort of like power trip thing. Um, Whereas the you know the sequels weren't about that, and at least those were ideas. Those movies were big and overstuffed, but they had some great ideas. I don't know what's going on idea wise for most of the prequels, and definitely this one. I can really watch Attack of the Clones. Uh, I really enjoy the drama of Revenge of the Sith. That thing is like an opera, especially some of the later yeah. sequences, yeah. like Order Three. I think just tragic. It's yeah, pure tragedy. I like the theatricality of that movie, if nothing mm-hmm. else. Most definitely, and that op- the op- opera scene. Which is just yeah. them standing around looking at this weird thing. Uh, it's like something out of Twin Peaks, but it just really works for that movie. Uh, this movie just has none of that. It's it a really, shame. And it, it, it is a huge shame. I mean... It really is. It's, it's, because there is, there is such great... Like, all I want, all I want from... And again, we have talked about this before, <laughs> is a young Obi-Wan movie, right? Right. Yes. Like, we all want that young Obi-Wan movie. Oh, we're going to get it. And it's going to star Dan Stevens. Just you. No! That is... Yes. God, no! Yes. You know what? Ewan McGregor still looks like he's like 30 years old. He could do uh, it. He does, but he doesn't move like he's 30 years old anymore, right? I, so I don't know. You know what? Dan Stevens is like pulling out all his geek cred. Like no, like I don't just... want that. <laughs> I don't want it. Oh, God. I, I will I will riot if there is a... If there is so not a... Upset. I mean, I will riot. 
I will riot. Because like, it's Dan Stevens. Wait, do you guys, do you no, hate no, Dan Stevens? I like Dan Stevens, no. but I want you and McGregor back. And you, yeah, I oh, really I'm, want I'm sorry. <laughs> no, so my first, the first website I ever made, Bro. it might not be the first, but it's probably, it's my most memorable website was a Ewan McGregor fan site. Um, what year was this? So, oh, I don't even know. It, it, it had to have been. Ni- was okay, it the late nineties? The late nineties were such a great time for, for like, adorable wait, so it fan sites. Menace came out in ninety nine, uh-huh. right? So it must yeah, have been yeah. like ninety six because it was oh, when wow. he was announced. Wow. But like we didn't know anything about like anything. It was when that, it was only when he was announced. using like <laughs> using like a life less ordinary photos and like <laughs> Oh my god, no. Like I went watching like spotting. like brave and velvet gold mine. Like Oh God, you were t- you were too young to see Velvet Goldmine. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> no, like you do not understand. Like I went down this rabbit hole and I watched basically every movie he'd ever done that I could get my hands on, and I couldn't get my hands on some of them because you know mm. it was blockbuster video in the like nineties. And they were like NC seventeen, right? Like it was <laughs> terrible. They're like, why does this Mom, little Indian? Girl- if you're listening to this, all of this is why I didn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Your child is but, pure, totally pure. Yes. Have you but, seen a uh, T2 train spotting the second one? No, I have not. It's very good. It's really good. If you have like, it's you know, you in love, it's, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good follow up, but I'm sorry. There will probably be a young Obi-Wan movie. And yeah. Yes, and it'll be in, in our dreams. It'll be you and McGregor. <laughs> you know what? We're going to find a way to finance an alternate Obi-Wan movie. It'll be yes. all CG. Like we're, we've It'll, gotten really good at making older actors young true. now. It's so. true. If they can do it to Robert Downey Jr. and like um, Kurt Russell, Kurt yeah. Russell. Oh, that was very unsettling. That was weird. It was weird. Yeah. It looked too real. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten way off track. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we might have hit all the. I know. I'm just, I'm just looking to make sure there was. I mean, we didn't. We talked a little bit about. I mean, we talked about the Jedi in general. Mm-hmm. But the Jedi Council scenes were so annoying. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I didn't like. S- s- no one saved it. Like creepy puppet Yoda and creepy CGI Yoda are both awful. Why are they both in the movie? I Just don't know. Pick one. Pick one. Oh, they're both so bad. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I. Uh, so speaking of Yoda. I did get a chance to talk with uh, Frank Oz at South by this year. And that was fun. That oh, was a defining crap. moment. Yeah. So check that out on Gadget. Uh, and I did like get to fish in a Yoda question and he, he left in a response. So I, I love that man. He is, he is tremendous. He's great. So I'm a sh- it, it's sad. Yoda just didn't <laughs> really look great in these prequels. Um, yeah. At least Frank Oz is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's my Yoda story. That's a good story. Yeah, I I love him in the original, you know, the Empire of Jedi. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. in this movie, it's just not. <laughs> Have you guys both seen the bad lip reading video? <laughs> yes, yeah. the seagulls. Yeah. It's it's ruined Yoda a little bit for me. <laughs> like, I cannot even look at his face without hearing the song, which is really oh. good. Um, we'll li- we'll maybe link it in the show notes uh, if you haven't seen it. You're welcome. <laughs> um i just we could talk more about the jedi council and just how terrible they are like it was my i think my wife forgot samuel jackson was in this movie so it was (laughs) kind of fun seeing him um but yeah i don't guys what are you what are you thinking about here i don't even understand what the overriding philosophy george lucas was really trying to portray here other than you know to stick by our rules and it because is he saying don't stick by the rules? Cause that's what Obi-Wan is doing. And he wants to, you know, save this kid, except the Jedi were right about that. And you probably shouldn't train this kid. Uh, <laughs> it's very confusing. Um, yeah, it is. No it's, clear message. <laughs> no clear message. It did. I mean, this is the thing, right? Is maybe by doing too much, George Lucas, <laughs> I feel like he gets a little bit bored by his own fandom. Mm-hmm. Like, he, yeah. Definitely, yeah. you know, he never like meant for it to be something that people looked at with such an eye necessarily which is a shame because there's so much like i like the lore is great and i love that we have like it's expanded into this huge thing i'm not sure how much he feels like he needed to 
necessarily like contribute to that <laughs> except for very specific points and like fuck it if they don't necessarily work together right you I know? almost wonder, uh, yeah. I forget I like, just... what his initial motivation was, like, jumping into these movies. But it did feel like filmmaking is changing, you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. there were all these new toys for him to play with. And I think that's it. Like, he was always yeah, the I think guy that was the, if I remember that, correctly, that yeah. was the motivation. Okay, yeah. Which is you so can tell. frustrating. Yeah, because... you can tell. Like, all he cared about was the special effects. But you have that, and then you have someone, like, I'm, I'm not saying that James Cameron is... You know, whatever. But he spent <laughs> ten years developing and trying to make Avatar, right? Uh-huh. And well also diving into the ocean a lot, right? Like diving, he, yes. he alternates between all of that stuff. All of that. But, yeah. but he he worked to get it to the point where it wasn't just like a boy playing with his toys necessarily, <laughs> which I think is what you see in Star Wars. It's like, let's do everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, I guess yeah, the thing is, like, Avatar also feels like that, but it's so much simpler. Like, yes. it's basically what the Pocahontas story. It's basically a very, very simple uh, pioneer tale, I guess. And it's it doesn't try to be more than that. Exactly. I do wonder, like, yeah, he's talking about, what, four or five sequels at this point, oh, which God. I don't think I don't they're know. ever. I couldn't. I don't like the first one. So yeah. oh. it was basically Fern Gully, but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful was film beautiful. to watch in like, yeah. th- which I do not like 3D That's movies, true. but mm-hmm. I enjoyed that experience, like watching it in 3D in the theater. Which yeah, you, definitely you know. goes down as like one of the best 3D experiences I've had uh, between that. Uh, Hugo, I think, was oh, a great. Hugo like, Cabaret. Yeah. Cute. That and like Gravity, <laughs> I thought was good. Now, mm-hmm. I, wor- I work in Kidlet, so. I love like I'm I'm excited uh, for Wonderstruck too. I think it's gonna be oh cute. yeah yeah I think it'll be good. Um, <laughs> again, how could we not talk about Phantom Menace? Yes, yeah. let's <laughs> let's find all the ways we can avoid talking about uh, this movie. I will say that costuming Padme costuming is amazing. Oh, the makeup and the costuming it's was incredible, and it continues for the rest of the movies. Yes. Well, she's barely in the third movie, but uh-huh. movies one and two, at least. It's like Most definitely. You could tell. I think there's a lot of Bollywood going on here, yeah. too, like style wise. Yeah. Wasn't um, the future queen. It was yeah. somebody from it's, uh, Aisha Darkar. Aisha Darkar. Yeah. yeah. And she was in um, that, that was a movie. Outs- was it? Oh, she was on that show Outsourced, I think, which is terrible. OK. But yeah. No, I think she was in the movie version of that show. Oh, maybe mm. she was in the movie version. Yeah, she was in the movie version that the show was based on. But it was also- this is all very interesting radio. I know. Yes, there sorry, was a, guys. <laughs> there was a Tamil film, I think, that was um, about an assassin. I think she was in, and he cast her because of that. So, like, clearly, there's a lot of appropriation here going on, but at least he's hiring <laughs> the people. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, at, yeah. least, at least one. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I think that actually might be it. Yeah, I think we're I think we're talked out, which is movie. a lot more longer than I I would say this is a lot longer than I thought we could talk about this movie, except we didn't talk about the movie for half of it. <laughs> it's hard because you're like, ugh, I just I want to do way. I know. I feel like Tyra Banks, it's like I was rooting for you, man. I wanted you to be <laughs> good. Did you guys uh did you see Spaced? The, the Simon Pegg show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole sequence of, like, I think season two, where they bring up Phantom Menace, is just like a quick cut to him burning all his <laughs> Star Wars stuff. That's kind of how I felt. Yes. It's just, like, burn it all down. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't I need mean, any of that. So, which this, is why I think the fact that, um, you know, we, I think some fans gave Force Awakens a lot of crap for kind of repeating the mythology. But I think we kind of needed that. No, we did kind of need the, hey, by the way, yeah. this is what Star Wars is. Just, just so you remember. Well, it's so not we even just them. so that we remember. It's like yeah. they needed to earn our trust back as far as I was concerned. Right. Right. I was like, you guys need to prove to me that this is not going to go down the same way. <laughs> because I remember even yeah. before, actually, I, I just remembered before Phantom Menace came out, I remember when all the re-releases came out and all that those extra scenes were added. Do mm-hmm. you remember when they it was like there was some yeah. special on like ABC or something? And I was like 12 or 13 years old. And I just remember being like, why are they doing this? Yeah, I don't I don't need to see CG. Um, what's his face? Like, 
evil the, sloth guy. Yeah, yeah whatever. Is escaping me right now. But uh, there were so many changes because I did grow up watching Star Wars, I guess, on TV. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of VHSs. And like, I, those movies were among the first I saw in a theater by myself. Um, the re-releases. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were especially painful. That and like what Beavis and Butthead do America. Oh yeah, Beavis good, and Butthead do America. That was so good. <laughs> Much better experience than Panda. Much better experience. <laughs> like Indian parents were like, it's a cartoon. It must be for you. Yeah, it should be fine. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. All right. I feel like on that note. On that note, Beavis and Butthead note. Do you want to like kind of give it, let people know where they can find you? Yeah, I'm I'm all over the internet. You cannot avoid me. I guess I'm at Devendra on Twitter. I podcast about movies and TV at slashfilm.com. I write about tech and gadget.com. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll have more company there soon, right? Yeah, <laughs> and you already do. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um. So we're going to do our quick Patreon shout-outs. Um, so for the, at the $5 and $10 dollar, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired. Okay, so $5 you. and $10 level. Jerome and Otarsis and Claire and Brian, we love you all. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Thank you so much for supporting this show. It's, it's, you guys are the best. We can keep it going. <laughs> Those servers. I know. It's, it really is. <laughs> it's uh, and Super if, if you like what you're hearing, you can go over to patreon.com slash Stacey Geek Girls. Um, we have levels of what you get when you, you know, decide what amount you want to contribute. You can help choose what we talk about. Um, we will actually be talking about Jupiter yes. Ascending on our next episode, which next we're both super psyched time. about. Yes, very excited about. Thank you, thank you Jerome, for picking <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Because I know. Okay, I you could, guys have to have me on for a more fun movie. <laughs> I know, I know. You got it. I know. Actually, maybe <laughs> whenever you do Attack of the Clones, like, I would be down for that because I will just, like, espouse the joys of that <laughs> yeah. I think the plan uh, for that is sometime in July. Okay. Um, eventually. But first, Space Werewolves. That is number one yes. on the list. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and you can rate us on iTunes. We got a second review, really and nice. we are very grateful because it's very nice. Uh, yes, it helps people find the show, so please rate and review over on iTunes. Um, I think you can follow us on Daisy Geek Girls on Twitter, and we do giveaways like once a month-ish with um, yep. cool geeky stuff like comics and special. Yeah, there's going to be a good kind of I'm going to do probably uh, early June a Star Wars giveaway with some Celebration-exclusive pins, tote, a tote bag, and um, I think some Rogue One books that I... I think so. Anyway, yes. follow us on Twitter at the Geek Girls for that, and then you can find me on Twitter at s krishna, and I am at Run with Skizzers. As always, thank you for listening, guys. We will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Bye.